0: As a teenager, all my cool older cousins smoked weed, but they wouldn't let me try because I had this million-dollar sinus surgery when I was around 14 or 15, and they were scared. I don't know if they wanted to make sure I didn't die or if they did not want to disappoint Zeddy. Zeddy has always been the fan favorite. But they were so freaking cool. They just walked like jazz musicians somewhere between like smoke and sex slurpees just floating along in the air. I wanted to be that. Well, now, finally, I have someone willing to explain the mystery and the mystique of the coolness to me. A recovering, reformed weedhead. Ready to tell caregivers how to get high and stay high without being intoxicated. For stress relief, of course. Say what? Say word. Let's go! Parenting up, caregiving adventures with comedian Jay Smiles is the intense journey of unexpectedly being fully responsible for the well-being of my mama. For almost a decade, I've been chipping away at the unknown, advocating for her, and pushing Alzheimer's awareness on anyone and anything with a heartbeat. Spoiler alert. I started comedy because this stuff is so heavy. We ready for the jokes? Caregiver newbies, OGs, village members trying to just prop up a caregiver. You are in the right place. Hi, this is I hope you enjoy my daughter's podcast. Is that okay? Today's episode The New Weed A Conversation with Coach Amrit Singh. Our global community is expanding. I want your feedback. Let's snuggle up, send a purple heart, the little emoji to Plus one, four zero four seven three seven one four four nine. Parenting up family, you are in for something a little tingly or some it may be a little magical. For me, I'm thinking it's a sweet treat. First thing is I've been watching him slurp down a delicious morning smoothie that he creates every day. And he's going to teach us some things and share some things that will help us as family caregivers keep our everyday life in a greater alignment. What? Where have you been? (laughs) So, Parenting Up Family, listen up and welcome Amrit Singh.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Yes, thank you for sharing your time. I know that you are a life coach and a yoga teacher. Now, those don't always go together. Most people would think that one involves the mind and the other involves the body. I bet you beg to differ.
1: Yes, very much, because ultimately we're all beings that not just have a mind and a body but also have a spirit and so we're these complex beings and as you can address all three of those at the same time that's when you get closer to soul and closer to true identity which is not so much on what we can see or what we can experience but more on a broader scale of real being and real soul experience.
0: That is what we need as family caregivers, because I'll tell you, what we see is stressful and it's hard. We are often looking at our loved ones with what they say in dementia and Alzheimer's. Uh, We're experiencing the long goodbye and we're watching them very definitely day by day, week by week, disintegrate before our very eyes. And so when you're helping us craft tools or have these tools to get more uh, back to our souls and ourselves and maybe kind of drown out the noise of outside. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm already... I can't wait to hear everything else that comes out. So you're coming to us from Mexico. Correct. And for you, which came first, the life coach or the yoga?
1: That's a great question because now recently I'm 100% focused on the life coaching and I'm using the yoga and meditation background I gained over the last 30 years as a supplement to help people in their journey, but I don't make it the, the center point of it. But what officially came first was the yoga and the meditation practice. And then when I'm looking back now in my life, I've really been coaching people since I'm 15. So it's a, it's a thing which was just always there, but the yoga and meditation really helped me to find that and to find that my, my true passion and my path
0: at 15 were you coaching kids like on the playground or say hey guy don't eat that bug or did you find yourself talking to adults were people coming to you or did you just offer things
1: it was really something with my friends where they ultimately would end up with me talking stuff through and one of the one of the things which as a coach is so important is that you don't tell people, don't eat that bug. It's bad for you because that's when people go like, ah, whatever, I know what I'm doing. I can eat bugs all day long. But when you when you go in there and you say like, okay, why do you eat that bug? What's in it for you? You know, what's behind it? And do you know what comes from eating the bug? And then you draw these answers out and people really answer all these questions for themselves in my coaching sessions. and it's so much more powerful than if someone tells you what to do. You were
0: doing that at 15?
1: Well, looking back, looking back, I, I can see how that was always like, you know, like a red line going through my whole life.
0: Yeah, well, you asked thoughtful questions of your friends when they were maybe in a predicament or trying to work their way out of problems, no matter if it was a big or a small problem.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because I found that just telling my friends to not do something never worked.
0: No. You know what? It doesn't even work when I tell myself not to do something, to be quite honest. <laughs> if I go. say, hey, Smiles, don't eat the pizza, <laughs> I am immediately ordering a pizza <laughs> like that.
1: And eating the whole thing. There you go. <laughs> exactly. Now,
0: what about yoga and meditation? When did, kind of what led you to it?
1: Uh, Smoking lots of weed. That's that's what got me inspired, because that was the first time I I felt more outside (laughs) in the world. And I was like, oh, my God, I found the magic path. You just have to smoke weed all day. So I did that for a couple of years. And then I realized, shit, you know, I've been smoking weed all day. Nothing changed. I'm just stone morning till night. And that's when I found yoga. I found a new path to the same high without being stoned all day.
0: Okay, one moment. This is where... (laughs) Cheers. Whenever a guest is on and they hit a spot that's great, they get immediate cheers. So you're talking about enlightenment. I got to give you, uh, all the claps and, uh, you know, in in poetry, you get finger snaps when you hit your own personal enlightenment of knowing, okay, so you were high. Some people just keep getting high. They're like, Hey, this is I'm high. They don't, it doesn't matter that they may not be productive in a way that is either generating, uh, Income or creating relationships with other humans—they're like, I'm high, this is cool, I'm on my couch, I'm fine. But you said, I'm just getting high, I'm doing the same thing, whatever. How can I? Yep. And then yoga allowed you to reach at some pinnacle of enlightenment or whatever. Your neurons are doing the same thing. However, there's a—you can get off the couch.
1: Yeah, and getting shit done. And my life was changing and improving. Because that was the, for me, that was the biggest challenge with smoking so much weed. Was that I looked back and I said, okay, what changed in the last month? And I was like, nothing changed. I'm sitting here the same. Everything is the same. And then I looked back, okay, what happened in the last year? And I was like, shit, nothing changed. (laughs) Everything is exactly the same. And that's not how I wanted to live my life in my early twenties. I, I wanted to grow, and so it was really a necessity for me to to recalibrate everything. And I ultimately just packed up and moved to India. And I had this idea right from the from the books: "Oh, you go to India, you deepen your spiritual journey." So again, there with my six month visa and my idea of India, which of course all got turned upside down right in the first couple of weeks. And I ended up staying and lived in India for 20 years.
0: Well, six months turned into 20 years?
1: Six months turned into 20 years, yeah.
0: Talking about just going with the flow. I love
1: it. <laughs> yeah, That <laughs> was a big flow, that's <laughs> for sure.
0: That's You know why they say maybe flow with the river? I think you were yeah. flowing with the universe. That feels like a Milky Way kind of flow.
1: That was that was flow big time, yeah.
0: As a caregiver, as a family caregiver specifically because the what makes us unique is typically we aren't trained in anything medical. Like we are not CNAs, we're not nurses you know, we don't even work in hospitals. We just have a loved one who all of a sudden, uh, well, I shouldn't say all of a sudden, for some of us, maybe it's been a slow roast, but we have our income coming from other sources and then we are responsible, very responsible for this person we love and we have hands-on responsibilities and then maybe financial or um, we got to make decisions about their life. And so in, to an extent we can look around and a month could have passed and we are wondering what the hell is different. I'm not growing. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, when you were talking, I was thinking, I was like, hell that's happened to me. And that's happened to so many family caregivers that I know of. We get so uh, mixed up in the weeds of keeping the lights on and making sure that got his medicine and got to the doctor's appointment, that nothing's changed. Six months have passed, and nothing about the caregiver's life, nothing about Jay Smile's life, has improved. I haven't grown. I haven't written. I haven't read a new book. I haven't gone for a hike. I haven't gone on a vacation. I haven't been on a date. I'm just getting. My mom Zetty to all of her appointments, and I'm barely getting some sleep. And I'm looking around like, Shit, this is not a good. I I have to figure out how to continue no. to expand my soul, get better with my intuition, and um. You knew you wanted differently, and you went yoga, and then yoga got you to India, which I bet your meditation went through the roof, huh?
1: Yes, yeah. big time.
0: So when you were there, your meditation practice, did you become a meditation instructor?
1: Yeah, I've I've been teaching for many years. And but really what for me was the most important was to have the depth of my practice. You know, I was able to do stuff which would go five, six hours a day, and I would I had the luxury to sit that long and I had the community to dive in that deep, because you do need support. It's not something like you know, two thousand years ago you could just go in the mountains and sit in a cave for a couple of years. That's not it anymore today. So, what that was really for me the closest to to go sit in a cave.
0: I got you. I got you. What what are um, earlier in your practice? What were some of the if you had any stumbling blocks or roadblocks into leaning into it or anything that looking back on it now may have been funny to you, like, oh my goodness, this, I thought I could never sit still for five minutes or two minutes mm-hmm. or, you know, Hey, you know, cause if you get stoned, you know, you take a puff of the weed, you're automatically still, you don't, you don't have to yeah, try to be yeah, still, yeah. you know, yeah, you take yeah, a big absolutely. pull and then now you're still, whereas with, Meditation, it's more trying to calm your mind down. Did you find that challenging?
1: I still find that challenging today, every single day when I sit down to meditate, because that never goes away. That's just part of our human identity. You know, that's just part of existing in this physical form with this mind, which is always busy, which, you know, I, I, I'm i on my phone a lot. I, I have a family. That, there's a lot going on in my life. And so when I finally sit, my mind goes like, oh, wow, super. Let me throw out all the shit which we didn't process (laughs) over the last 24 hours. And all comes up. And so what I learned, really what, what benefited me over my 30 years of practice is that I'm able now to reduce the amount of time it takes me to become just as still as when you take that puff. From the joint, you know, like that might have been half an hour in the beginning, but I can do it in minutes or sometimes in seconds where I can become that still and really experience myself and experience my true identity at a such a deep level that that all the other things fall away.
0: Woo. Sign me up. <laughs> Sign me up for 20 years in India. I'm going tomorrow. I don't think awesome. Daddy would like it, but uh, my mom would not be in favor of that. But
1: <laughs>
0: it sounds good. Oh,
1: yeah. It sounds. <laughs> she crazy. might have a blast in India. I never know.
0: Yeah, yeah, she would. I think the, the the spicier food would not agree with her irritable bowel syndrome. But who knows? It it could also it could also correct it. You you never know. There are so many times when I hear forum. Western society and they talk about I can't eat the food and they name a part of the world that they believe that the spices or the the ingredients right won't work and I'm thinking yeah but if you got those ingredients in their purest form hell those might rectify your whole body maybe you were supposed to have human and turmeric every day, mama, who knows? Maybe it's the lack of that that messed up your colon in the first place. But anyway,
1: I die Right, or oh, maybe it is all the processed food and the sugars and the dairy and the weed and the meat and everything, right? Where you're just saying like, oh yeah, it tastes so good. But then it has all these these side effects which comes with buying little food sealed up in plastic bags. Today's sponsor is Jay Smiles Comedy. Fresh curated content for corporations, clubs, or keynotes, live and virtual performances. J com.
0: How do you go about in your own personal life managing balance like on just kind of regular life? You know, I, I have a thing where I say life keeps lifing. So you know,
1: oh yeah, it does, it does you don't
0: you you know you have a car wreck or you you get a you you're trying to walk and hike and stay healthy, and then you get a knee injury or someone in your family dies, and they were young, maybe they were twenty it's you know we we don't like it when our elders die, but the expectation is greater. But if someone's under 25 and you love them and they die, you, you're you a little more not ready.
1: Yeah. yeah very much. So
0: those things can um, throw you off. And when we're as family caregivers, which is the bulk of our audience here, and uh, we're all over the world, we are constantly, first and foremost, we are already stressed all day, every day, wondering if our loved one is going to choke or fall because they can't speak for themselves. We, so we're at work waiting for the call that says, you know, your sister fell and hit her head and now you got to leave work and you're worried about getting fired cuz your boss keeps letting you off and they really shouldn't let you off and your coworkers are kind of jealous or antsy that you're getting all this extra time off work. So there's all these um the nuances of stress that undergird caregivers Even when nothing's wrong, even when nothing's wrong, we are constantly waiting for the other shoe to drop. So then if a cousin that lives across country actually dies, that can smack us in the head. A bit harder than um, many might believe, because we're already just one millimeter from unraveling. Yeah. Because we are constantly, you know you know how well I've never been are you were you ever in the military or anything? No, I wasn't. Okay, I wasn't either. But what well, what I've been told by people who did serve is it doesn't matter if when when you are in a war zone, it doesn't matter if you hear shots. You know at any moment Yeah, just like that, you could be in full gunfire. Yeah. And that's how Feel as a caregiver
1: exactly, and now imagine what that does to your hormonal system, and what that does to your nervous system twenty four seven, which your body can handle for a couple of days and can handle even for a couple of years uh, weeks. By the moment it becomes a couple months or years, you start burning out, and it's a slow process. And that's exactly where yoga and meditation and coaching comes in, because. At this moment, if you can pick it up here and spend that 30 minutes a day just for yourself, just for your rebalancing, just for recalibrating your nervous system, your hormonal system, your mind, your body. Now, suddenly, when you show up with your parent that needs your help, it's much easier to stay centered. Now, when you go to work, it's much easier to get your work done. Now, when you need to make some choices for yourself to not eat that pizza we talked about in the beginning, it's where you can say like, yeah, I don't have to eat the pizza just to be okay. I can eat two pieces and just be as okay. And this is this super important point where a lot of people come to me and say, oh my God, you know, I'm so busy. I'm taking care of my parents, or I'm taking care of my family, or I'm taking I'm I have to work 14 hour days or whatever it is. And I say if you can prioritize that 30 minutes for yourself to just show up for yourself and do what will help you to come to more balance, and just like you you said it in such a great way. You said you're like You know, less than an inch away from complete meltdown. If you can put a little space in between that, you know, and you have that buffer, and then some shit happens, it's okay. Then you can drop a little deeper, and you're going to have a bad day because you know you can get yourself back up.
0: Put some space. I like that. Put some space because you can drop. It's like increasing your bumper. Or your buffer zone, whatever you want to call it, whatever. So I'm talking to everybody out yeah. there in the parenting up family, in the parenting up community. There are thousands and thousands and thousands of you around the globe. And that's our goal consistently here is to figure out how to put more space because it's a marathon. Um for most of us, I'm re it is years that we're doing this. Right? It's very rare that it's less than 5 years. If if there's an Alzheimer's diagnosis, it's very rare very rare that it's less than 5 years. I'm in um in like in 2 months I will be officially at my 12th year of caring for my mom. And oh, wow. currently she's still walking, talking eating, swallowing, following conversations fairly well. She doesn't, um, when I say following the conversations, I mean her eyeballs are following you as you talk, and she'll say, uh-uh,
1: uh uh -uh." Yeah, she's entertained by what you have to say.
0: Oh, you must know her. It feels like you know my mom.
1: Oh, my mother-in-law is struggling, and she's at the same exact point. And so I I can relate to it very well, because that is just what it is, right? And she loves, and this is is something that I found in in dealing with Alzheimer's, she loves when she is loved, and she loves when she doesn't feel like she did something wrong, and she loves just being around and being with her grandkids, and you know, like, and and shit happens left and right. Uh, but you know, we can if we can create a space for her where she can just feel loved. That's that's the biggest gift we can give to someone who's struggling with Alzheimer's.
0: I think you've met my mother, and <laughs> maybe not physically, but you know. I believe in the spiritual realm and, uh, you know, just like the wind is moving all around the world. Spirits are just doing their thing. And it's the energy of light that uh, keeps this world going. The way caregivers stay employed by Jay Smiles is loving on my mother. I don't care how many years you've been in the industry, how many butts you've wiped, how many certificates of excellence you've received at some facility. If my mother's eyes don't light up and she doesn't smile when she sees your face, you're out of here. That is your last shift. (laughs) She has to have a visceral response of positivity when she sees you or I don't care. I don't care. I need her to respond the way a kid responds when they walk onto Disneyland property. They, a 3-year-old doesn't know what in the world Disneyland is. You can't explain it to him, but if you let them go, the way they run toward the Magic Kingdom and the castle, it does they don't they don't know if it's good for them or bad. They don't know about heaven or hell. They don't know about sugar. It just Makes them feel good.
1: Exactly.
0: And that's what I need people to do for my mom. And if not, you're not allowed to be her caregiver. You can't visit. There are family members that can no longer visit. Cause so I'm like, ah, you know what? I don't, I'm not, it's I'm not here to judge whether or not you actually love my mother. What I do know is the energy that you're exuding leaves her in a negative space once you depart. And maybe it's just because you're afraid of the disease and she's changed so much over the years, and you haven't come to accept how this has progressed, and you're in denial that you know she's not who she used to be. Either way, you can't come anymore. love you so much. you can visit me. you want to meet at the coffee shop or <laughs> we can meet in the living room, but you can't you can't see Mom. Have you found there's a time of day, where well, I should ask, you say 30 minutes for someone who is newer to the practice of finding 30 minutes for themselves, yoga, meditation, stillness, anything like that. Because that's for caregivers. Let's just assume that they've heard of these things, but they have not become um, a serious practitioner. Is there a time of day that you suggest they try or that maybe you get a little more um, bang for your buck?
1: Yes, totally. Um, And the best time starts the night before because the trick is to go to bed 30 minutes earlier than you would on a normal day. And then you go to bed and you sleep and that's good for you anyway, because you do need the extra sleep. But now you wake up 30 minutes earlier than you would normally wake up. So if your normal alarm clock is set for 7am, you set it for 6.30 and your mind will go like, oh my God, oh my God, it's so early on. Blah, 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 blah. Right? Why would I wake up voluntarily half an hour early? But then you say to yourself, I'm going to sleep 30 minutes earlier. So I'm really losing nothing Nothing here. What I'm sacrificing is Netflix time, that extra glass of wine, which I probably don't need right before bed, the scrolling on the phone for half an hour while I'm lying in bed. That's what you're sacrificing, right? So you go to sleep earlier, you wake up at 6.30 and now you have nothing to do for 30 minutes. And you're looking at the world and you're thinking, Oh, my God, what am I going to do with myself now? And then you just sit down. You know, you make yourself a nice cup of tea or maybe even a coffee, whatever it is. And you just sit. And you don't look at your phone. You don't try to clean your cupboard or do something in the kitchen. Or You just let it all be. And you just sit. And ideally, you sit somewhere where you can look out into nature. And you can just be with yourself and you just connect with your breath and with your being and with the moment and witnessing the world wake up around you. That would be my first step for any beginner. And just to learn to love that time where nothing else happens. That can be 10 minutes. Honestly, it can be five minutes. But you need to be that honest with yourself that when you wake up, 10 minutes earlier than on a normal day, you don't use that extra time to put on a, a wash or get something cleaned or get something else done, which you never get to. You need to really prioritize yourself. And if yourself is sitting there doing nothing, just staring, that's step one to develop a meditation practice.
0: Wow. I had such a colorful vision as you were speaking. Like I literally saw myself waking up. I got a glass of water and then I did just like a few seconds of stretching to kind of just get the little sleepies out. And then I was sitting in front of a window, a very specific window in my home where I can see trees.
1: Yeah. Ah. Exactly. And here ties it all together. It's a little bit like you would imagine taking that one puff from a joint, which probably wouldn't do you any good at 6.30 in the morning. But to have that quiet and that calm consciously created for yourself without the influence of the drug has such a calming and recalibrating effect for those few minutes in the day on your nervous system, on your hormonal system, that you take that into your day and you this can last you the entire day until you go to bed, again, half an hour earlier than on a normal day, and wake up the next day and repeat it.
0: I love it. I love it. I love it. You also are offering what I think is a continuation of love and happiness every day. Let the Parenting Up family know the gift that you are offering once a day, every day. Every single day you're giving a gift, like it's somebody's birthday or whatever. It's it's Kwanzaa, it's Hanukkah, it's Easter, it's Ramadan. Every day. Tell them about it.
1: Yeah. Well, what I love to do, because I do have the luxury of time to do that right now, is I want to serve one new person in my world every single day with a free 90-minute coaching session, sometimes we even go for two hours, whatever how long it takes to allow people to have a deep experience of what coaching is, without the whole, oh, this costs money, oh, I don't have time, or blah, 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 all these excuses with our mind loves to make up. I'm saying everybody who's serious about your personal growth, about your inner expression of what needs to be expressed and where there's never time and there's never a moment, if you're willing to dive into that and dive into your growth, come sign up with me for a free 90-minute session. And you wouldn't believe how little people take me up on this. I've done around 50 podcasts over the last year. And I make this offer every single time. And I've had less than 10 people who took me up on it. So it is it is a little bit of one of those weird things in our human minds. We're like, oh, that guy, the, he must be wanting something for me. He wants my money. He wants my inheritance. He wants my whatever. I'm going to put on a turban and want to grow a beard after I sit with him. Whatever... People make up as excuses not to invest time in their own personal growth.
0: Well, you're going to have at least 51 because Jay Smiles is going to sign up for it.
1: Bam. I'll send you the link right at the end of the session.
0: Yes. So how do they sign up?
1: Probably the best way is to just contact me. Because I'm a little apprehensive to just put my my calendar link out on the internet. You know, you know what's going to happen. But if you write me a personal message and you say, hey, I listened to your podcast with Jay Smiles and you said you're doing this free thing. I-, I want it. I don't know what it is, but I want it. And it's free. Send me a message either on my website, through Instagram, through TikTok, whatever way you can reach me. It's 2023. It's so easy to reach anyone in this world. And, yeah, tell me you're ready and we'll make it work. And what are those
0: contacts?
1: Um, You can find me on my website, which is coachingnow.info. It's just a simple landing page. And then, of course, you can just look for my name on Instagram. That's an easy way to connect with me. But my most favorite way is TikTok. TikTok. Because I'm one of the people in the I love TikTok camp. You know, there's only two types of people. People love TikTok and people who hate TikTok. So if you hate TikTok, get me on my website or my Instagram. But if you're one of the people who love TikTok, come check me out because I try to post something every day. And it, it's it's such a fun platform. What I like about TikTok, it's so authentic. It's so real. You don't have to put on the, the whole show of how cool you are. You can just say everything you want to say. You can make mistakes. And amazing community on TikTok, in my opinion.
0: Mistakes are so fun, aren't they?
1: It's so much fun.
0: Mistakes Especially are... when it's
1: your own. Yeah, <laughs> Not yeah. Wonderful.
0: Mistakes are the spice of life. On TikTok... Is it your name?
1: Yeah, just Amrit Singh. I, it, it's big enough, the account, that you'll find me right away.
0: Okay. And spell that for our guest so that...
1: It's A-M-R-I-T. And then Singh is like Singh, but with an H. So S-I-N-G and then an H. Fantastic. Fantastic.
0: Question. How would you describe the difference between a life coach and a counselor or a therapist?
1: It's a big difference. The the job of a counselor and a therapist is, I mean, more of the counselor is to give advice and to to give feedback and to really like show you a path, right? Right. The difference of a therapist is to just being able to be listened to. You know, to be listened to is for us human beings so, so important. And that's why therapy is so important. But I had more than one client who came back to me and said, oh, my God, this first session with you was more profound for me than 10 years of therapy. And so... That kind of puts it into perspective because what, what a coach does is he or she picks you up where you're at and then allows you to find your own way without putting in their personal stuff, but without also being very passive. You know, I will challenge my clients to take action which, for example, a therapist will not do as much. For a therapist, it's more like, hey, come back and let's process and let's process and go deeper and talk about it. And so you can go into therapy for years and years and years. With the coaching, it's very defined. You know, I take on my clients minimum of six months, but mostly not longer than a year, because we really want to get from point A to point B. And when you get to point B, There's no need to continue working with your coach because you have reached your goal. You have achieved what you want to do. They might come back a couple of years later and say, I have this amazing new project. I'm freaked out. I'm scared out of my mind. I really need to do this this thing. And I know having an accountability partner in this who will help me find my way will allow me to do that. And those are the people who come back into it again.
0: A sprinkle of magic. I know as a caregiver newbie, which is here at the Parenting Up podcast is what we define as someone who is within their first year of being a family caregiver. For those of you listening, I did not have a life coach when I was a new caregiver. No one suggested it. It wasn't on my radar. I think it would have been helpful. (laughs) I believe it would have been helpful. Becoming a family caregiver is such a nuanced uh, additive to your life. It's not anything you can't uh, there's no way to get training for it. You don't go to college for it. You can't uh have an apprenticeship, so to speak. And so you're adding this massive amount of intellectual and emotional tasks and responsibility. Therefore, having a professional pull apart how does this fit into what you already do and how are you going to get from point A to point B? Uh, I've seen caregiving greatly impact marriages. Some marriages don't make it through the caregiving. Some family relationships don't make it through the caregiving. Therapy is very beneficial. And after speaking with you, I can see how uh, a life coach can also be added to the list uh, or to the toolbox, as I like to say, especially when you, if you're a caregiver who is still involved in the community or working or if you have a business or like myself, if you're an entrepreneur and you are doing things in addition to being a caregiver, uh, if you have something that's uh, income-producing, or you have ideas,
1: yeah, oh, um, well, which is so essential, and and this is really why why the help of a life coach in this transition period is so important, because when you can prioritize your own well-being by saying. I am first and foremost, before I do anything else, I invest in myself, in my own balance, in my recalibration of my nervous system, in my recalibration of my hormonal system, in how I show up every time I'm with my parent who needs me and who needs me to show up at 100%. And that's when you're really doing them a service. Because when you are well, which we all know from how it is to raise kids, right? When we are well, our kids are just okay, right? Everything just falls into place. When we are off and we are all over the place, guess what happens to our kids? They get into trouble. They do stupid stuff. They they don't want to go to school. All, all kinds of shit happens. And so it's the same thing. When your Alzheimer affected parent sees you struggling, sees you being only at 30% of energy, you know, they, they might not process it up here. They process it in their hearts. They know, you know, you're that child. They want the best for you. They want you to be fine. They want you to be happy and they have no agenda in there either because they just want that love and that happiness. And if they see, that their presence puts a strain on you as a human being. They're trying to calibrate what they do and how they behave. And that puts a huge strain on them. So ultimately the best way to serve them is to first take care of yourself. And if you can do that by yourself, amazing. Most of us can't. You know, I've been practicing this for 30 years. I still have two coaches I work with and who I meet with every single week because I need that recalibration for myself. And so that's where really it becomes such a powerful tool where you can say, I've tried doing this by myself. I know I, I, for some reason, I always keep falling off the wagon. I can't prioritize myself. I need help with that. That's all it is.
0: My grandmother would say Waterford crystal when things were that clear to her <laughs> when you nailed it and then she would do this those of you who aren't able to watch it on video I'm, I'm pointing that, at Amrit and I'm my other pointer finger is touching my nose and she said on the nose <laughs> because you know that um <laughs> the top of the line athletes whether it's in golf or tennis, basketball, baseball, they have coaches. The best home run hitters have hitting coaches. LeBron James still has a basketball coach, a fitness coach, a nutrition coach. Yeah. So to your point, there's never an instance where your your growth, hits a ceiling. There's always room for improvement. I know some of the world's greatest speakers, or the, the speakers who have great fame, I should say that they still have writing coaches or singers have vocal yeah. coaches. So thank you for reminding us of that.
1: It's um,
0: This has been yeah.
1: and also I want to take it a step further. Like, this is a big thing in European soccer, right, where every soccer team has their coach. And when they do well, then everybody says, oh, the team is amazing and they scored so many goals. And guess what happens when they don't do well and when they start losing? Do they fire the team? Do they fire their forward? No, they fire the coach because they do understand that only a great coach can make a great team.
0: That's it. And each of us in the Parenting Up community, we are a team too. You might be a team of one, (laughs) but I'm the team of Jay Smiles. And if this team doesn't work well, daddy's not okay. My family's not okay. Nothing that's um, happening rolls out well. Um, And truthfully, My reason for starting this podcast was to help people be better. Along the way, it has made me better. It's allowed me to Mm -hmm. engage and meet individuals like you. And um, Mm -hmm. this has been a pleasure. This has been an amazing conversation. I appreciate it so much. Is your your mother-in-law still alive?
1: Yeah, she's, she's about at the same level as your mom is at. And so, it, you know, we're, we're learning and we're expanding and we're coming together as a family. And it's a beautiful thing to learn about. And it's really, you know, for me, the, the biggest learning lesson has been, like, she couldn't care less about what we do and what we organize and trips and blah, blah, and all these kinds of things what she cares about is that she gets a big hug that she you know she will very quickly check out your face to see if that's real or not and what you're doing because she knows and she enjoys just love and presence and she enjoys being useful and if she thinks it's useful to wash the dishes 3 times let her wash the dishes 3 times and she comes back and she's so happy she gave something back
0: i have noticed that with zeddy too she will look up at me and say, is that right? Is that good? And maybe she just turned the page of the magazine. Or if we're folding clothes, I learned this a few years back, just put the clothes in front of her. If she's watching television, just put them in front of her on the ottoman or beside her on the sofa, and she will just pick up something and she'll start folding something. I mean, I, sometimes yes. it looks like a properly folded towel. Sometimes it's balled up. Who cares? But she does something. Yeah, who cares? She touches something. And she
1: feels great about it. Yeah.
0: And she looks and she says, is that right? And then she just kind of pats <laughs> and smooths whatever she did. And then she pats her own uh, thighs. And I look and I say, of course, that's great. And I say, and I asked her to give me a high five, say high five mom. And she gives me such an energetic high five. You would think she just won the world cup. Like, boom! I mean, it, my hand sometimes has a little bit of a zing to it. I'm like, okay, that's, that's a lot of pressure. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, um, if she's happy, I'm elated. So I, I hear what you're saying. And, um, Blessings and grace and light to you and your family with the care of your mother-in-law. Oh, thank you. And um, you're welcome back anytime.
1: Yeah, let's definitely do it again. This was so much
0: fun. Absolutely. Thank you so very much. The snuggle up number one. Living a life on the edge is not healthy. Period. It puts our hormonal system out of balance. Just because you can, doesn't mean you should. If you find yourself drinking alcohol every day to take the edge off, or needing to increase your medication just so you can sleep, your hormonal system is out of balance. Try yoga, try meditation, try that stillness at the top of the day that Omri is describing. Number two, show up for you. I know you're a caregiver. That is hard. A lot of energy, a lot of responsibility. It sucks up a great percentage of your everything. But within that part of your life, carve out a slice. What do you want to do for you? Do you want to learn gardening? A new language? you want to learn how to spell words better? I suck at spelling. What is it that can make you continue to grow? Let you blossom? Don't have the ostrich syndrome. You just stick your head in the sand and say I'm a caregiver gotta do this and then go to work Slept back home do this again and woe is me and I'm just stuck in this until my LO dies and then maybe I can have a life again F that okay we are caregivers and we are superhuman and we are going to figure it out I can't wait for you to figure it out And then text me what it is you are doing for you. Number three. We're going to breathe in and breathe out. Five times together. I got a stopwatch on. Don't you worry. Okay. I'm going to breathe in. now. Now breathe out. Now breathe in. In.
1: Now breathe, out.
0: Now breathe in.
1: I'll
0: breathe out. I'll breathe in. I'll breathe out. Only 50 seconds. I know my shoulders feel less tense. We're caregivers. We're the Parenting Up community. And we do not lose. I love y'all. That's it for now. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe for continuous caregiving tips, tricks, trends, and truths pretty pretty please with sugar on top share and review it too I'm a comedian, Alzheimer's is heavy but we ain't gotta be